This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is our weekly visit with our Cyclone Radio Network crew. Ryan Harklaw and Eric Heff join me as we break down Iowa State's win over Iowa and look forward to the Cyclones trying to get to 3-0 in the non-conference as they host Ohio on Saturday. Lots of good things to talk about. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw. Guys, a really hard-hitting, intense football game on the road in a tough environment. Bottles being thrown at our guys, <laughs> you name it. But I thought, what a great experience for our guys before Big 12 Conference play to go into that kind of a setting and have some adversity and still find a way to win the football game. That's really going to help them, I think, going forward in the Big 12. It really will. When you look at that game, everything statistically was stacked against us. And when you have a net five turnovers, you know, you talk those two block punts, which act like turnovers on flipping the field on top of two turnovers in the end zone. They're giving that the Iowa team a short field basically five times. And we were able to win that football game. You, that is that is the hard way. And, and when you can get through the adversity like that and the kids kept playing like that, they like they did. They've been battle tested. So as this is bad things are going to happen throughout the season. Adversity is going to happen, change the possession. They can always look back to this game and in this environment, because I feel like everything happened in the north end zone where it's loud as could be in that environment. And they responded and didn't blink and didn't flinch. They've been battle tested. They were battle tested prior to that, obviously, in practice. They've been through some tough times. But then when the lights came on and those tough situations happened, I was really proud of that football team and how they responded to it. Just a terrible environment with bad things happening and how they were able to pull through it. It was just outstanding for those kids to keep playing against all odds, basically, to win that football game. Yeah, it was, it was a terrific win. I mean, anytime you get a win, it's, it's a good thing, you know. And I think for the most part, you know, what Iowa State was able to do, uh, that long drive, but, but the defense was so stellar throughout the day. Everything they did, they did to win the game, find a way. They talk about that all the time. Sometimes you have to make plays, and uh, this team made a lot of plays in that game. That certainly in that drive, it was it was tremendous. But I think if you look back at the end of the season, we've talked about this. We've talked about this in our sidecast before. You're judged, you know, on your record at the end of the year, and it's a win. But more than that, you're going to have a number of close games. That's the way we play. There are going to be a lot of close games. And to get a win in a close game, you know, if you win three-fourths of the one-score games, you're going to have a terrific season. And this was a start, and I think something that can be a springboard going forward to find way, finding ways to win close games when maybe things aren't going your way. So Hunter Decker's making his first road start of his career, goes into that environment, takes over the ball at about the one-inch line and has a drive with six third-down conversions, five of them through the air with his arm. And, guys, we have talked on the sidecast before about the strength of his arm and how important that is for getting the ball deeper down the field and stretching the field out a little bit. But we saw his arm strength on that drive just fitting the ball into tight windows, and some of those throws were just fantastic. He had a lot of zip on him, a lot of accuracy, and uh, the, the power of Hunter's arm to me, really showed up on that drive too, not just deep throws, but uh, on short throws where you need to get it out quickly and you need to be accurate. Uh, he was huge in that game. 
He was. His confidence was through the roof. And I couldn't believe when you look at that drive, which came in the second half, obviously. I remember going at halftime, and we were coming out of the locker room or just getting ready to, and he's in the hallway. And I was like, hey, you good? He's like, yeah. You wouldn't even know that there was anything going on. You didn't even know he's playing a big-time college football game. Like, I had more butterflies and, like, that excitement level in my body than he did. And it was almost reassuring for me to walk out of that locker. I was like, well, we got this. You know, if he feels like that, I feel good. And uh, I don't know. He, his ability to slow down his mind and the game was really key because he came out and made big throws, by the way, after throwing two interceptions. Uh, that drive came after an interception where there was a miscommunication between him and Jalen Knoll. And for him to come back and just throw it right into those tight windows, some quarterbacks would clam up there, you know, and they're not going to make that tight throw. Like, man, I've got two th picks. I can't throw a third one. He didn't even know he had two picks going into that long drive. That's just the kind of moxie that that guy has and that confidence. And I think that was the big thing we got out of that is, again, after two turnovers, he was able to drive down the field and have that confidence that he was going to get that th job done. And, Wow. I mean, it's just amazing that he, a kid that young in that environment is able to stay that calm. And that, that was a lot to be said for how he played that game. And, you know, sometimes uh, you've heard this where uh, people talk about NFL cornerbacks uh, or even college cornerbacks. I mean, you get beat, you have to have a short memory, you know, and I think that's the great thing. You have to have that that mindset that, you know what, what's happens happened. Next play is the only one that matters. And, and I think that's that's his approach. But once again, it's easy to say that it's really, really hard to do it in an environment where things are going against you, a crowd, your, your first road start. For him to be able to do that, I just think shows tremendous confidence in himself and in his teammates. And, wow, you got to mention, too, that offensive line just did a terrific job in that drive and really throughout the game. They protected him well. They gave him opportunities and got some run game going. So. I mean, well, Hunter was great. Boy, what a total team effort to find a way to get this win. They absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, you look at, and they were, everyone's talked about the front seven of, of Iowa. I will tell you, our front seven on both sides of the ball was, the, was what we should talk about. We had the best front seven on both sides of the ball. And I think that that's where everyone comes back to, oh, they're trying to play Iowa's game, and they're physical and tough. Well, guess what? Our front seven was better on both sides, and it's not even debatable. Statistically, it shows it as well. So you got to be extremely proud of, of that offensive line because they, they did. They beat up the front seven of that Iowa defense, which was really good to see. Uh, you talk about confidence, and you mentioned Hunter and, and certainly the rest of the team. I bumped into Coach Gordon, the quarterback coach, at halftime, and I said, hey, we got the better team. Let's win. He said, he just looked at me and said, we will. I mean, I think it comes from the coaches as well as the players. I mean, just that overall confidence and, and Matt's halftime speech talking about Gilbert softball. What a great way to kind of deflect some of the pressure that they're already feeling. I mean, I think that's a great story, too. Yeah, that was an awesome story. And, I, Hark, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you go back historically in this series, the team that's better up front wins the football game 99% of the time. And, and Iowa State was better up front. And that's... That's huge. As, as you think about the season, guys, we knew Iowa State probably was going to be pretty good up front defensively, but for this offensive line to be doing what they're doing and working in sync with Jirel Brock. And I talked to Jared Hufford yesterday and asked him, you know, how's it different because you, you were used to Brees' running style and now Jirel's more of a stick his foot in the ground, one cut and go. And he said, you know, it's kind of nice because – you know, even if we don't open a big seam, he's going to get the three or four yards that are there every time. 
And I think Jirel is really getting into a groove right now and in sync with that offensive line. Man, I like I like where the running game's going, and it gives you that balance that keeps opponents uh, makes it very difficult to defend Iowa State. It does, and if you look at that game, and that's where, as a especially a rivalry game, and it, it's Iowa. Everyone talks about how physical and how dominant they are. We are that team right now. We are the one that are more physical up front than they were. We dominated the line of scrimmage. And then you look at this week at the press con- conference of the Ohio head coach, and he goes, yeah, we just, they're coming off the Penn State game. And he was telling his, his fan base and the media, it's like, well, you thought the Penn State was good up front. Wait till you see this Iowa State team and how physical they are. You know, and so when you're starting to compare your teams up front, that the opposing coaches are saying, yeah, Penn State's pretty good up front, but Iowa State's a lot better. That is a lot to be said right there. And, and it's, it was said during the press conference this week, and it is true. I mean, the, these guys have done a great job. And I think that what I'm learning is how they're wearing the front seven down. It's not just running straight at them. They're putting them in a pass rush situations where Hunter's able to sling the ball around. Pass rushing for a defensive lineman is the hardest thing to do. It, physically, it's the hardest – thing you can do so by the time you're getting to they're having to stop the run and you've been running all over the field chasing a, a a pass down the field or chasing down the ball pursuing to the ball by the time you're to the third quarter you're shot and I think that's where coach Manning has done such a good job play right. calling this year taking what they're giving us and wearing that defense out with that physical front seven and I tell you what it's it's been very good to see so far earlier in the season. I'm glad you touched on Coach Manning. I, I just think he's done a terrific job. You know, how many times have we heard over the years, I mean, the old traditional wisdom of, hey, we've got to establish the run, then we can throw the football. Well, we've gone two games in a row. Where we've come out throwing the football more than running the football because that's what's there. You're not married to something that, that you look at the formation and say, hey, I'm not sure this is going to work. Let's do something else. I thought Coach Manning has really set things up beautifully and then get that run game going eventually. Uh, but take what's there. And, man, I, I just think the play calling has been great to start this season. Once again, the guys have executed it beautifully. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Guys, let's touch on Jirel just a little bit because back-to-back 100-yard games, and nobody's happier in the world about that than Brees Hall, I'm sure, because those two are very close. But it's just uh, it's so rewarding to see, see what Jirel's doing right now. And as I mentioned earlier, kind of just I think that offensive line really likes blocking for him. It's 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 fun to see what Jirel's doing. It is, and what's neat is he's he's put in the time to get there. And I will tell you, he fumbled there on the one yard line going in for the touchdown. And while he was dejected on the sidelines and very frustrated with himself at that point, what he did the rest of the game was outstanding. He was a huge part of that ninety nine and a half yard drive. His ball security is good. It's not something we need to worry about. So it's just good to see a kid come back after some really early game uh, adversity where we probably take control of that game if we do put that in the end zone right there because we get them uncomfortable but it didn't happen but you, it, the kid was able to come through and then put one you know and, and put a drive together because of his ball security and then it's raining as you saw towards the last four minutes of the game that last drive to flip the field again I felt extremely comfortable with that ball in his hands because he does have good ball security he just made a mistake but he responded very well from it so He's done nothing but great things. and He's a really good compliment to this offensive line because he does – he will go north and south as soon as he puts that foot in the ground. So he's, he's had a great start to the season. 
He really has, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I wasn't sure that he was going to be that guy. We've talked about this before. It's like, can he, can he make people miss? You know, well, he can do that a little bit too, but his primary thing is he, he is going to get what's there. Like Jared Hufford, you said, John, you know, he's going to get that three or four yards when there's maybe a two yard hole. And I think that's, that's really big to have that guy that can, can be reliable, be tough and, and get the tough yards. I just think, as a running back, based on what I had seen through his first three, you know, three seasons, I didn't expect him to be a- as elusive as he's been. Not that he's a super elusive, but man, he's got some moves and he's running with great passion and great vision. I think his vision, as much as anything, is something I hadn't really seen before. Maybe it was just the fact, maybe there really weren't holes there before in previous years, you know, but man, his vision right now, uh, he's making the right decisions on his cuts. And I think that's really helped him get those extra yards and, and get those 200 yard games. Hey, Hark, have you been able to kind of keep an eye on Tyler Miller at all? Because it feels like he's playing really well. He's playing extremely well. You look at what he did last week and I, I, we saw it in Clemson. It started at Clemson last year. When you look at when he played in that bowl game, and that's they, he was playing against elite defensive ends. He looked a little out of place for about the first two series where it's like, whoo, that speed of the game kind of got him a little bit. Once he settled into that game about series three, he was dominant. And everything that we've seen from him so far, he was really good. And then I would tell you another, like when I went back and unfortunately on the sidelines, I love being down there, but you can't always see the entire field in the game. And I watched that game later. Trevor Downing was really good on Saturday. Uh, He was against the linebacker that I think could start at any university right now. I don't care if you drop him in Alabama, Georgia, D. I don't care where you dropped uh, Jack Campbell. He's a starter day one in any university. And Trevor Downing was on top of him that entire game. If you watch the film and back to that, he was able to get up to him and really neutralize him throughout that game. I was, during the game, you just don't get to see that like you can on film. And I thought he had a great game as well. You know, I, I kind of was thinking that too because I hadn't really noticed as much during the game. But what I did think about well, when we were driving home was well, we didn't call Jack Campbell's name a lot. You know, well, there's a reason for that. And I, as I rewatched the game too, I, I saw the same thing. I, really, really good play by that interior def- offensive line. Cyclone Nation, as we gear up for football season, I want to remind you of Authentic Brand. They offer the finest Cyclone apparel and accessories, and they're founded here in Iowa. Refresh your game day wardrobe at Authentic-Brand.com. For the second straight week, a shutout for the defense in the second half, and uh, Iowa State's uh, outscored opponents 28-0 in the second half this year. That's conducive to winning, generally. Eric, you brought up Colby Reader last week and how good he was week one. I think he was even better in week two. Oh, he was terrific. You know, I, I think he he's really gotten up to the speed of this level. He just looks like a natural out there. He's got really good speed. We talked about the ability to get pressure on quarterbacks. We talked about Colby being a guy who can do that. He certainly can, but we, we've seen his speed going uh, from, you know, basically almost sideline to sideline from that spot. And he's shown the speed to do that. He's a, a good, aggressive tackler and, and a really good hitter. And, man, what a super addition he has been to that defense. He was really good. And what I love seeing, too, towards the end of the game, MJ Anderson had a really good game, transferred from Minnesota. I thought he played outstanding number three for us at the defensive end. When you look, when we were in the pass rush defense, Colby Reader is a big part of that pass rush because we're we're bringing that fourth one. It's usually Colby coming or Gary Vaughn. But when we had Tyler Onyedem, you had Will McDonald, 
and you had MJ Anderson on the field with Colby Reader and Gary Vaughn Blitzen, good luck. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was a race to the quarterback. Those guys' pass rush ability was outstanding. So that was for me as reassuring as anything. Because if we're going to be in third long situations, you got to always with us only being a three man front, can we get pressure? With those three on the field plus those linebackers coming, I was very reassured. I thought they from week one to week two that group improved a great deal. I I thought we didn't get pressure week one like I thought we should have. I I was not really happy with like how we transitioned from the playing the run to putting pressure on the quarterback. We talked about in the pregame. I thought week two that defensive line was outstanding on the pass rush. Going into the season, of course, you have one of the guys who's the, the one of the very best pass rushers, sackers in, in Big 12 history, and Will McDonald. I have yet to see a snap in a pass play where he hasn't been doubled. Yet he still made an influence, and sometimes I think they're doing a great job. Put him in that spy role where, you know, that, that leaves two guys out there wondering what they're going to do as he make, takes that first step in and then comes back. I think he's playing really well without the, the real numbers to back it up. But you're right. Onyetum is a guy that I think is, has unlimited potential. A guy can can do a lot. He can really move. And, man, I, I totally agree with you on MJ Anderson, too. I didn't know how much to expect from him coming into the season. But, man, he is quick off the ball. And, and I think he plays with a great determination. Uh, I just think that's another great add to that depth and that – defensive front, which I think is going to be a huge strength for Iowa State all season. You know, another part of the defense that was really good, and you pointed it out in the broadcasts on Saturday, Eric, was just the cornerback play. And T.J. Tampa, probably his best game as a Cyclone, but Miles Purchase was really good too. His tackling was so sound. But you think about Iowa's offense, what was their longest play, like 11 yards, 12 yards? I mean, those guys didn't allow broken tackles to lead into – big plays they were just really sound tackling but they did everything well they defended well people will talk about well Petrus overthrew so many guys well that's because they were covered you know I mean they were covered really well by our cornerbacks and he's told to throw it away in that situation so I take my hat off to this group of corners in particular for how far they've come so quickly three of the four were receivers coming into the program that have transitioned beautifully to cornerback and Man, I love this cornerback room right now. With TJ, I mean, coming in, I mean, you didn't know what position he was going to play. And the talent was there right from the start. But the consistency, the level of play-to-play, series-to-series wasn't always there. But, man, he has really dialed that up. But if he can continue that, I mean, I think he's got an opportunity to be an all-Big 12 corner this year and really take another step going forward. But I, I love his athleticism. I like his attitude. I like his size. And once again, a really good tackler too. So good tacklers at the corner were super important in this defense. It was, it was his coming out party. I, I, we've seen it in practice. We've seen his athleticism. You see his size, you get excited about him, but then the plays he was able to make in that game, I think his own confidence came alive in that game. And he was the one that actually that caused the fumble uh, down at the goal line and pot when he was going into score at the, that started our 99 and a half yard drive. TJ Tampa is the one that comes in there and knocks that ball out right there. He doesn't do that. They go up right there. That's a different ball game. I mean, that puts us in a bad situation with our backs really against the wall. So he made probably one of the biggest plays of the game, but throughout the game, he was outstanding. And you could just see his confidence come alive throughout that game. It, I, I really believe that. I think it was his coming out party for the year. You know, and, and they did actually go back and credit TJ Tampa with that fumble forced uh, after looking at the film. You, you're right, Hark. And then he's the one who, 
created the interception for Colby Reader too with his deflection mm-hmm. on another another one of those situations where Petrus is trying to throw it in there in a tight window because TJ's got great coverage and he deflects and Reader gets that pick. When the confidence is there, you're going to jump on the ball. When the confidence is not there, you're not going to jump in front of those passes like, oh, I can't get beat here. I, I want to stay behind my guy. And then you make a completion. And we saw that his freshman year last year where he was always in the right place. They caught a, a touchdown pass last year at Baylor on him in the corner of the end zone, their first touchdown of the game. And I was standing right in front of it. If he literally just turns around and, and, and puts his hands up, he's probably going to have an interception. He was he was where he was supposed to be, but it was almost like, okay, I'm here, now what? Now what happened is, is that confidence comes alive. You're going to go make those plays because you have that confidence to go after and make it versus, okay, don't screw up. Just be where I'm supposed to be. And I think throughout that game, last week, you saw him coming alive and being more confident throughout the game. And I, that was really good for us to see when you have a cornerback that became that confident throughout a game like that. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. So Ohio is coming to town on Saturday, and they're one and one. And I think a very good offense. Curtis Rourke, excellent, can use the whole field. Grew up in Canada and played on the wider field up there. And but he can he can zip it around and he can also run. And they have good receivers, and they've got a very talented running back, and I think a pretty good offensive line. So I think particularly for the defense, a real test coming up here on Saturday. Now, I'm not saying this is Ohio State coming in. It's not. But this is still a good Ohio football team, and certainly Matt Campbell knows better than anyone what a good good MAC team can do uh, in these settings when they're pretty fired up to play. So, guys, let's talk a little bit about Ohio, the the importance of Iowa State continuing to play good football this weekend and – Close the deal at three and zero in this non-conference. You know, if you look at it, you know it's that proverbial trap game. You're playing between Iowa and you're opening conference conference play next week against Baylor, uh, defending Big Twelve champs. So if there's ever going to be a letdown, you think it might be this, but you can't afford to have it. Watching Ohio, uh, you mentioned their offense. I think one of the things they do offensively that's impressive to me, it, man, they use the whole field. I mean, they run some option. They run you know, straight drop back. The quarterback's got a good arm. They've got some good receivers. But I've seen flea flickers. I've seen hook and ladders. I mean, they make you defend everything. Uh, and they're pretty good at it. But once again, I think uh, for Iowa State to stop their run game, I think that's really going to limit what they can do. Win first down, and I think Iowa State will be in great shape because they're going to be able to bring pressure. I'm not convinced their offensive line is great. I think it's okay, but I I think we can dominate up front, and and doing that will be the difference in us really having fun on Saturday. You're right, Eric. We we are the better team. There's not a question. We, We are the better football team. We should be the better football team. We're a Power 5 team. Now, when you watch the Penn State game, and I had a chance to look through that, watch a little bit, and the second and third quarter, Ohio hung with them and played with them, physically played with them, athletically played with them. They have some receivers that are dangerous uh, that I think are pretty good receivers. It's going to give our cornerbacks some challenges. But the the 11 across the board on both sides, we are much more talented uh, than they are. We just have to show up. You're right. These are the trap games you talk about, but – what I will tell you in our fan base, I was on one of the buses coming home with, with the players, and you're thinking after a big win, you just being a, win a big rivalry game, it's going to be a big party, and you know it's going to be an exciting bus ride home. What I will tell you is 
the players, it was a quiet bus ride. You know, the, the, they have their, their meal and everyone had their meal and there was lights out and people were basically relaxing, sleeping on the way back over. And a lot of it was, is they won a game and they're excited to win the game, but they also know they're better than how they played and what they showed. I think that there was an opportunity on Saturday to be better. This team knows it can be better than that. And I think as you go from week two to week three, there's going to be plenty of things to work on as we walk into Ohio that these kids can apply next week that I don't see this being that trap game because they know they need to be better than what they were on Saturday in Iowa City. So I look for them to be prepared to play this football game because while it felt good to win, there was no sense that I had in that bus ride back to Ames that night that they were just really celebrating that win. They were on to the next thing, and there's actually a little bit of a disappointment, I felt, where they know they could be a lot better than what they were that day in Iowa City. Right. It's a fine line, but one you need to stay on the right side of, and that is between happy and satisfied. And I'm sure they're not satisfied with a lot of things that happened in that game. you know. But once again, I want to talk just for a second about Ohio's defense. They've given up some really big plays, something Iowa State really hasn't done offensively. You know, we've talked a lot about Hunter and his ability to throw the ball deep. We think, oh, boy, Iowa State's going to stretch the field more. We really haven't seen that, in part because of what teams have given Iowa State so far. Uh, we'll see if maybe that starts to show itself a little bit uh, on Saturday. Well, it's going to be uh, another great crowd. Iowa State has really developed a great home field advantage. And, guys, looking forward to it on Saturday. We'll see you up there. 3-0 and sounds good to me. Let's get it started. Go Cyclones. Today's SideCast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.